0: Welcome to the Brigham Medical Education Research Podcast. We will be discussing Brigham authors and their medical education research. I'm your host, Caitlin Castro. Hi, I'm here today with Dr. Zaid Almarzouk to discuss his co-authored publication in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology entitled, Virtual Learning During the COVID Pandemic, A Disruptive Technology in Graduate Medical Education. Hi Zaid, thank you for joining me today.
1: Now, thank you for having me. So what got you interested in this topic? First off, I'd like to thank you guys for giving us this opportunity to share some of our work. It's been a wonderful journey, and I think it's still an ongoing project. But to your question, I think what got us into this project was actually a prior experience I had. Before I came to Brigham and Women's Hospital, I was actually a New York Presbyterian, while Cornell Med- medicine. And there, I was an amazing experience. I was among a lot of experts in medical education such as Kathy Jalali, who now works at University of Southern Carolina, Kierna Goody, who is the current program director. And I got to work with my co-chief residents at the time. I sort when of, We spent an extra year as a chief resident, and I worked with Harpreet Bhatia and Hannah Lim to implement another collaborative platform, which was Slack, into medical education. And it was immensely successful. The residents loved it. It improved the quality of our educational experience there. And that sort of fueled my sort of interest in doing that, here at Brigham and mm-hmm. Women's Hospital. And sort of as I went through fellowship and I was back in training again, I realized that that could immensely enhance our experience, both as fellows and sort of learners. And I thought that this would have been a wonderful opportunity to not only sort of design this, but also implement it.
0: So how did you develop your educational intervention?
1: So it, was, it's, it all started sort of uh, with a discussion I had with Matt Lopes, who was the chief fellow in cardiology at the time. And I had told them about my ex- previous experience with Slack and some other collaborative platforms, and and this was way before COVID. And we had come up with a plan plan to look at different collaborative platforms, including Slack, and then as well as Microsoft Teams, which we ended up using. And uh, we ended up sort of touching base with our program director, Donna Polk, who was an immense help in steering us in the right direction and sort of avoiding. falling into the same mistakes a lot of people before us did. It was a great journey. We got to work with our IT department in terms of designing this. And then finally, after sort of vetting different cloud or platforms, we decided to use Microsoft Teams, mainly because the institution already vetted the software and it had a secure cloud that we could use without worrying about any security issues.
0: What lessons did you learn as you implemented this intervention?
1: I think one of the main lessons I've learned, and, and I think this goes for everything I've done in fellowship, is that you really can do it on your own. And one of the real skill sets I had to develop and I continue to develop is identifying people that can sort of help elevate the project, help us meet our goals. You don't have all the skill sets you need, and I think one of the key things we did was reach out to a lot of people that could contribute to the project. So we talked to our IT department who helped us navigate Microsoft Teams and sort of use it to its full capacity. We reached out to the Brigham Education Institute to help us measure our outcomes and talk about sort of how do we validate what we're doing. The key goal was implementing this not only at Brigham, but elsewhere and using our experience to help others. And then finally, I'd say that my co-fellows, they've been an immense help, not only because they were accepting to the implementation, sort of implementing a new project or a new way of learning, but they gave us an, an enormous feedback along the way to make this better. And I'd say to that point, we did a pilot before starting and the pilot was before COVID or sort of around the COVID area. And it was amazing to have a group of co-fellows pilot this and give us a lot of good feedback to help improve the project.
0: Because you said a lot of it was started before COVID. Did you find that people were more reluctant beforehand and then have now embraced it more since the pandemic?
1: It's funny that you mentioned that. I think it's always about like having the right people at the right time with the right project. And and we certainly did. And I'd say we were very lucky. And I find, I, I consider myself very fortunate. We were doing a project that in any other time, would have been an ordinary project or a project that had some benefit, but not to the scale that we that we have seen. And as we were developing this and we had all the basic foundations put together, COVID came into play. And that not only accelerated our project, went into implementation very quickly, mm-hmm. but it also allowed people to accept it. And I think people were more willing to try something new, primarily because there there was a desire and a need for it. And I think that helped this project succeed the way it did. Has
0: it really been much more positive since then, the feedback that you've been getting?
1: Certainly. And I think there have been roadblocks, primarily with the learning curve, how to use the software, how do we link this to our cloud, where do people find the things that they want in the software. And I think that happens with any new project or any new software. But I'd say people have been more accepting. They've been using it for other things as well. And the thing that makes me even more proud is people have used the same framework for there are other projects and other venues, such as research in the business end.
0: Why has this been really so important, and what impact is it going to have on the future of medical education?
1: I think what had initially been a medical education project has become an important solution for the COVID physical distancing issues. And I believe that these changes are here to stay, despite the fact that a lot of us are very optimistic that we're going to have a lot of solutions to the COVID pandemic, I think this is one of the solutions that is not going to go away. And my sort of experience with this, the educational experience itself has dramatically improved. And it was built on very strong foundations. But I'd say we were able to take it to the next level in terms of increasing participation during the conference, but also increasing attendance in conference, which we didn't have in our prior experience. In addition, a lot of people are more readily sharing material to improve our understanding of what is actually being presented. And I think all those together have made the experience something that is sort of a lot better than it was. So in my experience, this is here to stay, it has improved what we do, and it will continue to do so.
0: I've been finding that more and more with our conversations and our conferences that we're having is everyone keep saying, oh, well, we didn't know how it was going to be. And now if yep, this is definitely something that's staying, there are things about it that people are finding, well, this is so much better than what we were doing before. It just seems so much more streamlined. And after people get over the little hump of how do I do this? It, it does seem that it is definitely something that's here to stay. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I really appreciate this conversation and you share your study with us and in this project.
1: No, thank you very much for having me.
0: Special thanks to the Brigham Education Institute at Brigham and Women's Hospital, and thank you for listening.